Hey, this is Ben Diskin, a.k.a. Diskin! And you're listening to a Toonami Faithful exclusive. Woohoo! Welcome to this Toonami Faithful Exclusive. I am your host, Sketch, and I have my usual co-hosts with me. Hello, it's Paul. And it's also Jim. And we are honored to have Ben Diskin with us on the podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? (laughs) It's awesome. He sounds so much like Bryce now that I think about it. (laughs) Aw, thanks. Actually, you know what? Yeah, thank you. That is a compliment. I will take that. He has a nice voice. And he works a lot. So you know what? Hey, cool. Doppelganger Bryce. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) Who's doppelganging who? Oh, God. This just went off the tracks. No, no. Because it's Johnny and Bryce, right? Those those two are always always brothers or relatives or something. That's true, yeah. Yeah. So, Ben, you have had quite a career of voice acting and other acting. It seems you started as a child actor. Yeah. So what led you on that path? Um, It was destiny. No, um, it was my parents, who are both actors. Uh, they basically put myself and my sister in uh, the entertainment industry, mainly just sort of like, yeah, hey, come on, kids, you know, uh, book a few things, you'll get some money, we'll save it for college, and then you can get a real job. It was that kind of mentality. Um, and I actually kind of surprised them by turning into an actor who actually makes a living acting, which is kind of rare in Hollywood. (laughs) So that's, that's really how I got into this. Um, I started when I was a kid, uh, doing like, uh, commercials, uh, for like McDonald's and stuff. I couldn't even talk. It was just, you know, basically modeling. Then as a kid, uh, I started doing some speaking roles and when I was about six, I started auditioning for voiceover stuff. And when that took off the, uh, the on-camera stuff kind of fell to the wayside, but I couldn't be any happier. Nice. You know, it's always a different path for everybody. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did you do any live theater? Yes, I did do live theater. I hated every single second of it. Oh. Okay, that's not fair. There, I did, I did like it, but uh, the my problem with theater is just like doing the exact same show over and over and over and over. The the repetition drove me crazy. The people working on it were oh, very, yeah. very nice. The, the, the cast and crew were very talented, wonderful people, but the, the experience, I was just kind of like, okay, I did this. That's cool. I'm done now. And, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't need to repeat this ever again. It was, it was, it was a good learning experience is what it was. There you go. I, I'm a, th- I'm a theater guy myself. And, uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess I just don't, uh, notice the repetition or something. I think, yeah, that makes sense. That I, I think to be a theater person, you have to be like, just like, yeah, we're going to do the same show again, and I, I can get better every time. You just approach it differently, mm-hmm. that's all. Yeah, or, you know, like I said with some people in a uh, show that I did, it's like, hey, try this delivery, and they're, try this, or you could try this, going back to what you just said. It's like, by God, that works. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. We have a handful of... Uh, listeners submitting questions in here so the first one it comes from jenna smith she wants to know what do you feel was your most challenging role my most challenging role um 
I played a mentally disabled person named Ben. No, uh, that's what I do every day. Um, <laughs> You're no, 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 no. Uh, words, not ours. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, no, uh, my most challenging role, uh, it was probably Venom from Spectacular Spider-Man, just because vocally oh, yeah. it was it was a really, really intensive character. What they had us do was um, we recorded the uh, Venom symbiote voice, which is extremely scratchy and crazy and weird sounding, and also the Eddie Brock uh, regular human voice. So I would do the Eddie Brock voice first to set the pace and then come back in and do a bunch of crazy screeching stuff with my throat. And uh, we did that. I, one of the sessions lasted over four hours. It was like five hours oh of just gosh. me just doing gut-wrenching screaming. And for like the next week, I sounded completely fucked up. Uh, but <laughs> it, despite despite how rough that was, it was worth it because I really liked the finished product. So it's kind of it's a love-hate thing with that. But I, I really liked it more than hated it. Co-opting I love that. that show. Fantastic <laughs> Thank you. Show. I miss the hell you out of it. You were excellent as Eddie Brock. Thanks, oh, I miss the hell out of it. How do you uh get, how do you manage to, you know, take care of yourself either before or after when you have to go uh when your voice has to go uh bonkers and into those uh painful places like almost like you're singing death metal? Well, you see, this is where uh being a a real professionally trained voice actor is different from being just a regular guy with a microphone. And I really wish I knew what that was because I don't do anything. I'm a fucking idiot. I just scream my head off and I go, "Ah, this is fine. I'll just pay for it later." I'm I'm a, I'm the biggest dumbass you've ever seen. Like seriously, if you if you learn anything from me, it's don't do what I do because I do Everything they say, never do this. Like they're saying, like, okay, drink nice, uh, lukewarm, like room temperature water. I drink hot water, cold water. <laughs> I eat crackers. I like drink milk. I just every stupid <laughs> fucking thing that you're not supposed to do as a voiceover actor. I do that. As for just like dealing with the voice stuff, I just for me it's mostly vocal rest. Fortunately, in real life, uh, outside of you know interviews like this and uh, my actual job, I'm a fairly quiet person. Don't really speak too much to other people. So because of that, I, I get a lot of vocal rest. Um, uh, and as for just getting used to yelling, I also study karate. I'm an assistant instructor at our dojo, and I do lots of yelling through that. So my throat is basically used to getting punished at this point. So it's kind of like, <laughs> eh, yeah, you want me to you know, gargle some some hot coals? Sure. Swallow some glass shards? No problem. At this point, it's kind of like, eh, all right. My throat's just like, yeah, I've, I've been put through worse. Whatever. So, yeah. Uh, there you go. Isn't that a great martial answer? Martial arts yelling. That's that's something else that you <laughs> share <Bryce>. with Bryce. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Except Bryce, the difference is Bryce could kick my ass. That's the big difference. I would not want to fuck with Bryce. <laughs> He's like the nicest guy in the world, but I would never want to see his bad side. <laughs> that's very that's very true. <laughs> Bryce is very much a friend of the podcast. We've had him on what three times, four times. Something right on. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, plenty of times. Yeah. But never enough. <laughs> you can never have too much Bryce Pappenbrook. The, the goal is to have Bryce as a co-host on this show. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> never know. Oh, I like I like that you break out in song. That's fantastic. Thank you. No, 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 no. You don't break it out into a song while I'm here. <laughs> kind of co-opting off of the most challenging character, what do you feel was the most fun? Uh, the most fun character that I've ever done is Probably, I'm doing it right now. It's a character called Cutemon uh, on this show called Digimon Fusion. Yay, because, Digimon. Yeah, because it's a voice I never get to do for, like, anything. This is a voice that I, at every recording session I do in, like, this pathetic attempt to get it into the game, even though it makes no sense. <laughs> it's a little character, and he sounds like this. He's very, very cute and very, very nice, and I like 
doing this voice and saying horribly vulgar things in it. <laughs> And um, so, like, at every, like, like I don't know if I'm trying out for, I, I haven't, but if I tried out for, like, God of War or something like that, where it's, like, like all these people, like, let's kill them all, yay! Like, Incoming water, <laughs> oh, <laughs> They're like, no, Ben, we cannot use that. I'm like, oh, come on, you don't want to use, like, Sergeant Snuggle Bunny in anything? Come on, dude. He'd make such a great Call of Duty character. You know he would. Like, Ben, oh, you dumbass. But so that's 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 probably my favorite. My most fun role is just saying horrible, horrible things uh, that don't make it into the show is cute, Mon. That's probably what it is. Uh, <laughs> what I wouldn't give to hear those outtakes. With oh, you. God. I, I, I would swear you to secrecy and then make you like, I don't know, forget everything like Men in Black style. But you could come in. Yeah. And watch all that. <laughs> Neuralizer. Yeah. And then actually oh. nicely leads into the next question, which is. You got any amusing booth stories? Ah, amusing booth stories. You know, all of the funniest things are funny only in, like, context. I never mm. have any good, like, amusing booth stories. I'm sorry. It's, like, there's, 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 like, a few that I find, like, amusing, but it's mostly, like, guys doing impressions of, like, stupid crap. Like, I won't say who did this because I'm sure they would get, like, flack for it, but, like, one of them just started doing, um, oh, gosh, uh, Edith Bunker from All in the Family, yeah. Talking, talking about uh, uh, almost being raped, like oh, really, God. just yeah, just like that's why I'm like I'm not saying saying who did it, but it's just like like Archie, Archie, I think he was trying to rape me, Archie. I'll eat it, eat it. <laughs> oh God, eat it. It's like horrible, I... horrible things like that. We we do all this wow. crap all the time. Like I said, I'm not gonna say who did that. It wasn't me, by the way. But uh, yeah, that's the. <laughs> Just want to put the that sad out there. thing is, I think I might me. be able to guess. <laughs> I don't. Want I, li- to I listen to Rob Paulson's podcast a lot. So. <laughs> well, so anyway, you can pick up on these things. Well, there you go. So, but like, it's that kind of stuff. But like, ah, I never have any like funny, good booth stories that I could just share with people on podcasts. I'm sorry. That's all right. But you do have the experience of doing kind of the solo ADR and then doing kind of a group read. Yeah. So, how do those differ for you? Um, it's mainly that it differs in intensity. Uh, there's there's pros and cons to both of them. Like the pros of doing um, individual recording instead of ensemble stuff is it's just you. So you get to just the director pays directly attention to you. You guys work together as a team and you can really, you know, get down to basics and figure out how the character is supposed to sound, how the lines are supposed to be said, etc. And, and most importantly, it really kind of gives you a chance to shine. You know, there's nobody else there, so they have to pay attention to you. They have to see what you're doing and whether or not they like it. And so there's that there's that sense of being focused on. The problem is uh, when you're by yourself, you don't get any breaks. Like when it's an ensemble record and it's like a cartoon show, for instance, and we're all together in the same room while somebody else is talking, I get to sit there and let my voice rest. But if I'm doing a four-hour recording session for like an anime, for instance, it's four hours of me, 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 me. And even if my character is literally just talking, forget yelling, just talking, that's four hours of talking and your voice starts getting tired after that. So it's actually quite nice to have you know other people there. Plus there's that camaraderie, there's people talking to one another. So there's that. that's really fun in an ensemble recording that you unfortunately don't really get in an individual recording unless you have like, you know, a good uh, uh, dialogue back and forth with like the engineer and the uh, voice director and any producers who might be in the room. But that's that's it's a different feeling. But they're both they're both really, really terrific. I, I like both of them very much. Nice. Thanks. And co-opting off of that earlier in your career, you did the, the live action stuff and then you did the animation and then you got into doing the anime. So yep. 
Louis G. Gonzalez <clears throat> wants to know, what got you interested in dubbing anime after several years of voicing American cartoons? Oh, very simple. Uh, Dragon Ball Z. I grew up on that show. <laughs> uh -huh. as, as a kid... I was like, I don't know where this show is made, but I want to be in it. I, this is amazing. How do I get in? I didn't realize, because keep in mind, I was a kid. I didn't realize this was done in Canada. I didn't realize all the episodes had already been recorded. So I was just like, oh, oh, God, I want to be on the show where they yell and scream like crazy people. So I'd wanted to do anime for a really long time, but I had no clue how the hell to even get into it. Um, you know, I've been with uh, CESD, which is my agency. I've been with them since I was a zygote. And I do mean that literally. My parents signed me up with them before I was actually <laughs> born. Um, and uh, throughout that whole time, I'd never gotten a voiceover audition for an anime until one time, one time, uh, an audition came through for a show called Blood Plus, uh, based on Blood the Last Vampire. Right. Uh, and it was a new animated series. And I was like, oh, my God, it's anime. Yes. And I auditioned for it. And it even said, like, like on the script, it was like, listen, this doesn't pay well. If you want to if you want to skip it, we understand anime doesn't pay as well as original animation. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't give a crap. Yes. <laughs> fuck yes. And I auditioned for it. And I keep mind, I'd never done any real dubbing work before. I didn't know how any of this crap worked. And I was and I managed to, like, book one of the main characters in it thinking, oh, it's just like he's like the brother, the human brother, I might add, of like this vampire super god main character. And I'm like, OK, this dude is going to fucking die. Like, he's going to last like two episodes. He's going to be dead. But I'll get some. I'll get to be in an anime. Yay. Turns out. Yay, my character survives for all 50 episodes, and I actually really need to know how to dub properly to make this possible. So it was like on-the-job training, and that's how I learned how to do anime. And so that was with Studiopolis, and Studiopolis does other anime, so they started having me come in for auditions for other anime projects. And I'm like, hell yeah. And so that's how I got on like Naruto and eventually Bleach, and th this all sort of started spreading out into all sorts of different shows, and that's how I got into it. But it wasn't it wasn't because I didn't want to until finally I decided to. I'd wanted to since I was a kid. That all makes man. It all makes so sense. what besides hey. Dragon Ball Z? What what were you watching as a kid? <laughs> I was also watching Sailor Moon, and uh, I remember watching that. That I saw before Dragon Ball Z, and I remember watching, going, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> this is the weirdest." Because you know, you know, as an American, I was never exposed to things like you know sweat dropping and like you know those like. It looks almost like a giant throbbing plus sign, but it's supposed to be a vein on somebody's forehead. Or yeah. characters get happy, their eyes turn like into upside down U's. I was like, what is this show? It's so fucking weird. And of course, I was a boy, so then I would sit through all the transformations going, I don't know why I like this, but I like it. And, uh, <laughs> but eventually that kind of like fell away. And then I saw Dragon Ball Z on like, for me, it was KCAL 9, which was like not Kids WB, not Fox Kids. It was like this little... Thing. And I was like, I don't know, it's on at like six in the morning, but it's the most badass show I've ever seen. This is amazing. And so like that's that was like my big anime influence. But the first one I saw was definitely Sailor Moon. Ah, so co-opting off of that, uh, Inuyasha-san87 would like to know, how do you like voicing Umino in Sailor Moon? I love voicing Umino in Sailor Moon. Oh, my God. They let me do so many stupid things with that character. It's great. Like, th there's there's so many, like, dorky lines in it that are just, it's just me improvising. And they're like, that's cool. That's something Umino would probably say. So, like, there's, I think I referenced, like, the Konami code at one time. Uh, like I, I started, I, I mentioned like the over 9,000 joke that was like a meme for a while and they just, they let it in and I'm like, okay, cool. And it's, so it's like really fun to just basically be, uh, essentially anime me. It's really nice. <laughs> just get to be a big dork on screen. Damn. Yeah. Are you actually familiar with Toonami before Sword Art came on oh. Toonami? 
Oh, dude, I've been watching Toonami since it was on, like, regular Cartoon Network before it became Adult Swim and all that stuff. Woo! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's oh, fantastic. Yeah. So which shows on Toonami were you really into? Besides, obviously, one of us, one of DBC us. and Sailor Moon <laughs> and all of oh, them. Oh, gosh, let me see. Like, you could basically start naming shows, and I'd be like, yep, yep, yep. Uh, there was stuff like, oh, gosh, Outlaw Star I liked. Um, mm. the, yes. I liked all the Gundam stuff. I even like G Gundam. I thought oh. it was hilariously stupid, but I loved it. I mean, uh, that is hitting all of the right notes. I mean, yes. I'm in love with Paul you know, is man. lighting up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> all you need to say is you love Thundercats and that. You know, I, Thundercats, I never really got into. That oh. was like one of the. I know, man. I never really got into it. Either. I, I, I like you know, the reboot is pretty damn good. I, I don't think it oh, did yes. too well okay, ratings wise, but I liked it. That's uh, but uh, yeah. oh yeah, just yeah. All this uh, Gundam Wing was cool too. That was like the first Gundam show I ever saw. My my description of Gundam Wing to this day is, Relina, Hero, Relina, Hero. That was like most of the dialogue of the main fucking characters. But I still liked, it. and everybody likes Duo Maxwell. I liked him too. But um, oh yeah, you know. That was like I like that. I mean, for crying out loud, fucking Peter Cullen. I love that man, but at the <laughs> same time, I fucking hate him. And the reason I hate him is because of Toonami. At the very end of its original tenure, they played Hamtaro. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the the announcement for that was like, in a world of pain and misery, one hamster will rule. And I was like, oh my god, this is some badass show. I mean, it looks like it's something for kids. But I gotta see it. I sat there watching. It's like, hey, hams, let's go on an adventure. I'm like, this is fucking bull. God damn you, Peter Cullen, Optimus Prime, you piece of shit. You made me watch this dumbass show. God damn it. <laughs> Jason DeMarco. He can make you watch anything, can't he? Yes, he no, can. That's, that, that's that's the why. power that man has. That's not I fair. Can't... A good voice man would make the phone book interesting, and Peter yep. Cullen would make me oh. buy like twenty of them. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I think Jason would be laughing at this right now. He could, he could read me the dictionary in Morse code, and I'd be enthralled. Dot dot dash dash dot 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 dash. Oh really? Well then, what happens? Dash. Oh, oh thank you, Peter Cullen. Oh gosh, that's a nerdgasm. Ah. Oh, yes. But, yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. That's awesome. We went off topic, didn't we? I'm sorry. No, we're good. Yeah, it's it's totally fine, man. This, oh, good. Okay. This, this is fantastic. Hooray. <laughs> I was like, this is fantastic. Oh, I am having a ball here. Yes, I good. am. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm having a ball. By the way, uh, by the way, I'm we gonna... did bring you on to talk about Sword Art Online, so I guess we should probably. Uh, I mean, if we have to. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, are you excited to be in Sword Art Online? No. Just kidding. You know, dude, listen, I am excited to be in anything. Anytime somebody says, hey, Ben, uh, could you talk into a microphone in a voice and we'll give you money? That makes me very happy. That makes me feel really good about myself and my career choice. Uh, but Sword Art is, it's, it's funny, it's the show that, like, I started watching it, but then I fell out of it, and I fell out of it, I think, like, it's, like, the quarter way through. Like, I saw the first arc, and I was like, interesting, my DVR started missing episodes, and I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. Then it went into, like, the whole Elfheim online thing, and I was just like, I don't get it, now he's a fairy, I, I don't, uh, nah, I'm done. And I turned off. So, like, then I got brought in to do uh, Death Gun, and I was just like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but fortunately the ADR director, Alex, is like an absolute bona fide genius, and he's able to explain everything really easily and get me right into it. And I was able to figure out what was going on, and it all made sense, and we were able to rock and roll. Now, Blatch Zero wanted to know, how much of your voice was modulated for the part of Death Gun? 
Oh, everything. Uh, my that is that's basically that's me just talking like um oh gosh oh oh what does he say oh geez um are you the real deal like it's just me talking like that and they modified they really messed with the audio on that like crazy they lowered the pitch they threw in a bunch of weird filters on it to make it sound creepy that's not I can't take any credit for that kind of voice that's just that's all computer stuff. Uh well. Yeah. Talk a little well, deeper, I, anyway. So I get all right, fine. I guess I'll go. You're not impressed. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, uh, it's tough to get that right. Believe it or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's so hard to get it right. So uh, prop, props to the engineers for, for oh, making yeah, that no. for that sound as menacing as it does. It's oh, it's yeah. really great stuff. But you still get to have the fun delivering the lines. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to be a creep. And by the way, I had a lot of fun just being like a complete grade A asshole to everybody online as the at I am death gun account on Twitter. Mm-hmm. As normally I feel really bad if I like insult somebody or, or hurt somebody's feelings. I'm I'm like I'm like the nicest guy in the world. But I was just like, oh wait, I have to play a character who's not nice. So as soon as somebody says something like, um, I prefer the Japanese version, weeb. Like just like I'm like yeah, fuck yes. you. I'm like yes, eat it, fuck eat a dick. I'm like oh great. So that yeah, it's like that that part was really fun because I don't get to be an asshole to people very often and feel okay about it. So yeah, <laughs> I was ready to start talking like the Rock to the I am Death Gun account. <laughs> Actually, I think we have an angle. <laughs> ben, would you be in if I started talking like if I started taunting the I am Death Gun like the Rock? <laughs> I don't see like at this point I I already revealed that it was me yeah. so probably but they don't know. oh do they actually know? they do know yeah they do know it's actually okay. in the credits ah, yeah. Okay. yeah sorry it's a little late for that no. ah dang it we did have a question from Rogue Soul Reaper asking if you would continue tweeting as Death Gun oh I probably will but it's gonna be like occasionally I'll say something assholeish and then apologize for it through the Twitter <laughs> handle or I'll Knowing me, because I like doing split personality crap, I'll probably, like, like live tweet as both at the same time as both me and as Death Gun, just for the fuck of it, and just start arguing with myself online because I'm that kind of a weirdo. so mean. Yeah, God, dude, you're an asshole. Fuck you, Ben. Aw, really? Aw, oh, come on. Come on, man. Be nice to people. I'm not nice. Like, okay. You're also apparently a shitty impression of Batman. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious. Swear to me. Yes. Swear to me. My parents are dead. Voice. <laughs> so, <clears throat> online something about um, Bryce was yes. the one that set up all this. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Bryce and uh, Mike, the uh, the mixer for the show. They basically th- – their original plan was actually considerably more tame. It was really just to be like, oh, Ben, make a make a fake Twitter account, and that way you can tweet along with us without revealing your identity. I'm like, okay. But I'm the asshole who was like, wait, what if I try to fuck with everybody watching this? What if I just be a complete prick and screw with everybody's heads? That was all me because I'm deep down inside a horrible, horrible human being, and I like being a mean, mean person to people. <laughs> so, yes, it was. this was Bryce's idea, the good part. The good part was Bryce <laughs> and Mike's idea. The bad part, I take full responsibility for that. So if anybody out there was like, God, I hate that guy. He's so mean to me. He said all these dirtbag things to me. His death got fucked Blame Bryce. You know what? Don't blame. No, don't blame Bryce. Don't blame Bryce. Don't blame Bryce. My ass. Don't blame Bryce. He will beat me up. He will put me in some sort of horrible armbar and just snap me like a twig. Please don't do it. Anyway. Take your lunch money. Oh. Just kidding. I need that. 
<laughs> ben, ben Diskin versus Bryce Pappenbrook. No Rock. holds barred. <laughs> Fight. Oh, fatality. Well, that was all fast. So are you the only one tweeting from the Death Gun account? Uh, at this point, yes. Origi- uh, it was me, and it was also Alex Von David, the uh, the uh, oh. the oh, director. Fun. Yeah, he was he he took over when I couldn't do it to help create the illusion that uh, uh like I was actually there. While at the same time, I was somehow at uh, a convention uh, doing anime, uh, doing a, a a karaoke event with like guests at the convention. So it was like, oh, there's this whole audience seeing me doing karaoke poorly because that's how I do karaoke is terribly. And uh, meanwhile, the Death Gun account is tweeting, so it's got to be somebody else. And that's Ooh, that was part of the whole sneaky, subterfuge. Sneaky. Nice. Oh red, yeah. Nice red herring. Thank you. Thank you very much. With your questions, well, with your with your hints the other night, you said you've been in other shows where people are in games. So go ahead and reveal which ones those were. Oh, sure. It was uh, Excel World. I played a character named Ash Roller, who is an extremely foul-mouthed character uh, who berates the main character, like, so much. Uh, and it was tons of fun. And, um, and the other one was a show called uh, Tome. It's not an anime on TV. It is an animated series on Kerbifer. YouTube. That's right, by uh, Kerbifer Chris Niosi. Uh, and I play a character called Oddball, who is this, well, he's also a character who swears like crazy and is very, very, very disgusting and insults everybody. Uh, so there's there's a theme going on there. There's a theme. <laughs> oh. But, um, yeah, that's, which is actually... That's one of these – specifically Ash Roller from Excel World is like a weird role because there's this part of me that wonders why I got it. It was <laughs> – I never I never auditioned for it. Like Mommy – spelled M-A-M-I, by the way, not M-O-M-M-Y. Mommy yeah. Okada over at Bang Zoom who said like, hey, come on in and play this character on this show. And I'm like, okay, it's so nice of them to just hire me without auditioning. It's just like so cool of them, but – why did they just immediately think of me for this character who just insults people, just like the worst possible fucking things ever? And it's all improv too, because my character has a helmet. Into your soul. They were like somehow, you know, who'd be a real obnoxious prick? That Ben Diskin guy. Give him a job. So, <laughs> like, I wonder who I offended here at Peg Zoom. Who did, what did I say? God. But also thank you because I need the work. So yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I think Jim has been broken today. Yay! Sorry, Jim. <laughs> That's so okay. Going, I... going far back into the catalog, what was okay. it like voicing two members of the kids next door? Uh, it was great fun. Uh, that was another one of those split personality moments where I got to talk to myself and be two completely different characters. Uh, the hardest part for me, well, the easiest part was playing number two because number two is just sort of me with like, a, I don't know, being overweight problem and uh number one is very different from who i am which is he's this natural born leader so speaking with authority and like conviction was actually kind of a challenge for me because i'm like i'm not really used to playing that kind of role i'm usually the second banana not the top gun so uh, it took a while to get into that but once i finally got used to being like you know mr you know you know puts his balls on a plate and shows them to people i don't know what the hell that meant uh Apparently making up analogies or terms, whatever. Uh, once I got used to doing that, it was like, okay, cool. Now I can actually jump back and forth between the two personalities and I, I can understand the characters. So for me, that was definitely a, a sort of like an inward exploration of myself and finding kind of my own my own gutsy voice was through number one. So that was kind of cool. Ah. Co-opting off of that, Josh Sinclair asks, how are you able to do such a convincing British accent? When voicing number one. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. It's like, it's, 
dude, my British accent is horrible. I'm sorry. It's like the most stereotypical bullshit ever. <laughs> I, I, I will. Here's one thing. I will do two things that I will never claim to be good at. I will never claim to be a good singer, and I will never claim to be good at uh, 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 accents or impressions. So excuse me, three things. Three things I will never claim to be good at. Accent three, is definitely one of them. Yes, three three things. No, uh, accents, jeez. Uh, like, my British accent is just sort of like, gosh, I hope I'm right. I don't know. Uh, like, I mean, for like a long time, like I would, I should really actually like hook up with somebody who's like a real like dialect coach who can actually tell me how to really do it. But it kind of gets me work as it is. So I just sort of went, all right, well, fuck it. Um, but yeah, no, my British accent, if, if you think that's good, trust me, it's, it's only good by accident and it's probably not good. I'm sure everybody <laughs> in the UK is just rolling their eyes at that question. I promise you. But thank you. I appreciate it. Let it be a real Let it be the happiest. Let it be the happiest of accidents. Yeah. It's kind of like they say when you're in the Air Force. You start off with a heck with a heck of a lot of luck and no skill. You better hope the skill doesn't catch up to the luck. <laughs> Actually, if I may ask something real quick. Um, yeah. There's this, and I'm sure you've heard of it. There's this. Uh, I don't know how big the group of it group of people it is, but there's this push to get another. It's not another season of Kid Next Door, but like I believe it's. Uh, ah, you're talking about. Galactic he wants to know Kid about. Yes, the Galactic Kid Next yes, Door. Don yes. East wanted to know if there was a chance for that one. You know, um, here's here's what that basically is. In case anybody's just wondering, what is this? Um, Tom Warburton, the creator of Codename Kids Next Door, always wanted to do a sequel series, which would have been a uh, number one in space, and there was going to be a whole bunch of of shenanigans that were going to go on. Uh, it never got greenlit. Uh, Cartoon Network has kind of like a policy of like once you hit 65 episodes, you're done. Or at least they had that. Uh, and then it's also a policy of we never backtrack, which is definitely still in place. So because of the we never backtrack type clause of like let's not revisit old franchises, let's create new ones, it's not that likely that we're actually going to get a Galactic Hits Next Door. Does not mean it's not going to happen. It just means that it's not too likely. So right now, I know that they're in talks. That they're well, they're not in talks, but they're they're trying to get into talks. I should say, uh, with some folks at Cartoon Network to see if maybe they can convince somebody to relax that rule a little bit and give that a shot. But as as it stands, I have no knowledge whatsoever of if that's going to happen, if it's already happened, if it, what's going on. So I'm kind of as much in the dark as anybody else, unfortunately. So I can't really answer that question. Even if I even if I could, I probably wouldn't be allowed to. So you know. There you go. Sorry. It's a crummy answer, but that's it. No, I know. The best you can do. You know? To be honest with you, yeah. that's probably as much that's probably more than what a lot of people know right now, so Yay. All right. One more vaguely kids next door question. Don East okay. wanted to know if you thought Naruto would be a good K and D operative. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it. Would would Naruto be a good Kids Next Door operative? Isn't he too old already? I think he's like past thirteen. I think he might actually be too old now. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, maybe back in like his uh, his original series days. I mean, y- yes, but also he has ninja superpowers, so I think he would basically like win the entire war against the adults single handedly. So, ah, yes, I'm gonna say yes. Naruto would be good, except nobody could probably control him because all the other kids would like not have any authority over somebody with ninja powers so there you go yeah that's fair all right what do you like to do with your spare time if you ever have any uh i don't have too much spare time nowadays but when i do i take my dog out for walks i hang out with my friends i play video games uh etc etc it's i i lead a, a pretty darn uh normal life it's it's there's honestly there's nothing that spectacular about me except for 
Uh, I do martial arts and I do uh, uh, voice acting. Those are like mm-hmm. the two interesting things, and that's about it. Everything else is just, you know, yeah, I watch some TV. I like The Walking Dead. It's pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, so, yeah. Sorry. I wish, wish I had something more interesting to give to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an interesting observation that a lot of voice actors seem to have pets, particularly dogs, but pets in general. Yeah. yeah. You need a good you need a good companion. I'm really super lucky with my dog. My dog's name is Rex and he's like stupid well behaved. Like he's very smart and he doesn't crap inside, he doesn't chew on things, he doesn't bark at people. So he's actually allowed to come into most studios with me in the recording booth and just sits there while I do my job. So he actually gets to come to work with me. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So I'm quite I'm quite lucky to have a, a special guy like him. You mentioned you're playing video games. Uh, did you? Uh, what have you been playing recently, and on um, what systems? Most recently, right, like right now, like I just as I was just playing it today was uh, I got the DLC, of uh, the DLC for the new uh, Mario Kart 8, the new Mario Yay. Kart 8 DLC. Having having a bunch of fun with that. Mm. Uh, Smash Bros. Uh, like right now, I don't yet have a PS4, and I'm not planning on getting an Xbox One. Uh, but I'm probably gonna get a PS4 for Final Fantasy 15, if not that for Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, I would say get it for uh, also get it for uh, Type Zero HD because this that. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, there's there's that. Uh, that's just me though, and also PlayStation Plus is ridiculously good value. So. Oh, cool. It's fantastic. Me. Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. Hell you yeah. got that, Smash Brothers 3D. That endears them to everybody. <laughs> everybody's because everybody's all on that Mario Kart kick now. But once. Yep. Uh, once something else for Smash comes out, then they'll be back to Smash, and then they'll be back to uh, Mario. It's almost like, it's, it's almost like two teams are competing with each other. Yeah, I know, right? Well, Nintendo so wins either way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just, it's Nintendo, man. They're the only hey. ones doing it right. <laughs> so one last question about your voice acting career in yeah. general, but this is, well, it's not actually asking about voice acting, but if you were not a voice actor, what would you be? I give and the same comes- answer any time that question is asked. It, it would be dead in a ditch because, <laughs> like, I, I don't think I have any marketable skills or anything. No, if, if, if it were anything, I'd probably wind up, I guess, being, like, some sort of, like, an editor or a computer programmer or something very technical like that. Because I actually – I always find that really, really interesting, all the uh, the ins and outs of the technical aspect of all this stuff. So I would probably be something like that if not this. Uh, but yeah, uh, but chances are I would not be talented enough or smart enough to get into those fields, and I would be uh, the aforementioned uh, dead in a ditch. So there you go, dead in a ditch. Uh-huh. So that question came from Stephen Oz. Wanted to give him credit for that. Oh, thank you, Stephen. Sorry, sorry to step all over your name like that. My bad. Mm-hmm. Not odd. It's fine. I said it out of order. Entirely my bad. <gasps> <laughs> now, we know that you're a Digimon fan. So how'd you get hooked on that? Uh, I got hooked on Digimon. Like I, I, I saw the first 13 episodes of the original series, and I kind of went in and out of it. I was like, oh, maybe this will be cool. I don't know. I was kind of like already getting a little too old for this sort of like monster-based shows type stuff. Like I'd seen Pokemon, I'd seen Monster Rancher, and I was like, okay, maybe I'll give this a shot. And finally, what finally just made me go, okay, fuck this. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It was this episode <laughs> with um, Patamon and TK, who are like the two cute characters on the show. And yes. they're like giggling and bouncing up and down in Primary Village, laughing with each other, going like, <laughs> yay! Mm. And I'm like, okay, fuck this show. This is for babies. I'm done. And I stopped watching. Um, but uh, this dude I knew online was like, no, 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 
you've got to watch this show. And he was older than me, I believe by like two or three years. I'm not positive, but he was older than me. And I was like, wait, this guy likes this baby show? Why? I tuned back in. And at this point, it was the third story arc, which is the Myotismon story arc, which was actually really good and really interesting. And I was like, oh, yes. shit, this show got good. What the fuck? What have I been missing? So I went back. I rewatched all the episodes that I, I had uh, kind of poo-pooed before. And I was like, OK, I don't really like it. But then I started watching it. It kept getting better. And I was like, OK, this is actually a pretty damn cool show. The final arc with the Dark Masters. I was like, all right, this is actually a pretty badass show. I like it. This is cool. Um, and I sort of, I, I, I managed to make it through zero two without trying to kill myself because boy, that series really tested your patience. Um, and then it became Tamers and Tamers was what made me go, all right, this is fucking amazing. Tamers is Hell like yeah. the best, the best series of, of all the Digimon stuff. I love that one so much. And that, that made me get through all the other, all the other ones. And I was, I, I've seen every single episode now in, in Japanese and, and English. And I really like the show. It's actually, it's, it's become one of my favorites. Helps that uh, Steve Bloom was Gielman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, I love that. It's so that's so cool that like the dude who does like Spike Spiegel and like Wolverine now it was like also a cute Dino. <laughs> and Tom, and Tom, and Tom on Tsunami. Our oh, oh, that's buddy. right. Yes, of course, naturally. Our robot buddy. Naturally. Yes. Still with us after all these years. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. My friend John Paul wanted to know. And this this may be a touchy subject, but how do you feel about doing roles in anime such as Digimon that features a number of changes from the original version? Oh, um, well, you know, here's the thing. As an actor, our job is to do what we're told straight up. Like, we really can't backtalk. Um, to be fair... <laughs> On Digimon, I backtalk so goddamn much. I'm surprised they never fired me. I really am. Because, like, so much of it was, like, from a fan perspective of, okay, no, this character was actually originally featured in this. His name was not this. It was this. His attacks were this. It wasn't this. And they're like, okay, Ben, fine. We'll fucking change it. Jesus Christ. So there, like, there, there are so many things that happened in Fusion, guys, that, like, are not a problem in Fusion because I bugged the crap out of people to the point where, like, I got in trouble for it. Uh, but... I'm okay. And largely, I understand when changes need to be made, especially when it's a kid's show. You know, the Japanese have, like, a very, very different uh, set of sensibility when it comes to uh, what's okay to show to children than we do. You know, for them, like, nudity is not tied to sexuality. So, like, you can be, like, naked, and it has nothing to do with sex, and therefore it's okay to show. So, like, a, a bunch of kids being naked together in a bathhouse and, like, playing around, that's fine to show. They, they don't they don't you know censor the heck out of that but we have to so things need to be changed then there's stuff like okay if the show is going to go on network television as opposed to cable or satellite television we got to change a whole bunch of stuff because their rules are super crazy strict of what they can and can't show so again i i understand it's not something i necessarily like but i do understand it and i gen generally i do not fight it i just kind of go okay that's just the way it has to be cool all right well this is what we got to do we, we're going we got a job to do let's do it it's that kind of mentality but it doesn't it doesn't piss me off as much as as it would if i were just a fan fair enough mm -hmm. do you have any convention appearances coming up um let's see convention appearances uh i'm going to try to be at anime expo i don't know if that counts um but oh, that, absolutely. that's absolutely that's not well. I mean, that's not necessarily a guaranteed thing right now. So that might just be literally just like going there and like wandering around. Unless I'm, I'm kind of hoping that maybe because I know the guys who who do AX, they also do uh, anime kanji in San Diego, and they like me. So I'm hoping that they'll invite me 
to be maybe a guest. I don't know if that had happened, but it would be cool. I mean, the whole Death Gun thing, that's kind of popular. So, uh, hey, hey, guys. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Maybe it'll get me uh, as a guest. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to be there at least wandering around like an idiot looking at all the cosplayers going, oh, oh, cool, can I take my picture with you? Oh, my God, it's really neat. So, you know, I'll be there in some way, shape, or form. I'll, I'll get in there somehow. How's that? All right. All right. All right. Sounds like a deal. <laughs> cool. Fun, fun. Is there anything that you'd like to plug? No, because it's all top secret. <laughs> of course. <laughs> naturally, naturally, they don't want any of us actors talking about anything before it's been released to the public. So it's sort of like, yeah, you guys will find out when everybody else does, and then it won't be news, and then I'll be able to talk about it, and you'll go, yeah, I already know that, dumbass. It was told to talk about it on <laughs> ANN. Thanks, stupid. I'll go, yay, you're welcome. Uh -huh. So there you go. So no, I have nothing to plug. Uh, oh, okay, well, I, all right, you can follow me on Twitter. At, at Benjamin Diskin, uh, all one word. Uh, my Facebook fan page is, I, be, I believe it's Ben Diskin Official, uh, facebook.com slash Ben Diskin Official. Um, and uh, I guess if you want to follow the at Death Gun account, you can. It's at uh, I am Death Gun. Um, but I don't know how much longer I'm really going to be using it. So if you actually want to follow me, you should probably follow me. But if you just want to like watch stupid crap for like the rest of Sword Art, then go ahead and follow that one. And there you go. Those are the things that I'm in and that I plug. I might have to rearrange where I put this one in, but we got to ask. Oh. Is there a show that you would like to see on Toonami? Is there a show I would like to see on Toonami? Um, well, there is one, but I don't know if it's ever going to be able to get dubbed. That's the problem. And it's actually, I mean, see, nobody can, like, uh, see, but one of you guys has an avatar of a character uh, so well, yeah, Jojo. Huh? I would like. I, I here's the thing. I've heard about that show. I've, I'm watching it actually on uh, Crunchyroll, and I'm like, this would be so cool for Adult Swim. But because of all those names, like, I don't know if they'd actually be able to dub that show in the first place. But if they could, that I would love to see on Adult Swim. That would be so cool. It's a neat show. I mm -hmm. completely agree. Hey, you got like nine tenths of the Tsunami Faithful podcast on your side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or actually, all of the Tsunami Faithful, excuse me, in general, on your side by mentioning JoJo for Tsunami. All right, JoJo it's for like Tsunami, the, make it happen. Whoever's it's like the one show it. everybody can agree on. <laughs> it's a good to have a Joseph avatar. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool avatar, man. Joseph's a cool guy. But yeah, is there is there a show that you've been in that you would oh. like to see on Tsunami? Ah. Uh, He's in one. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, but no, but the one that isn't already on Toonami? Um, huh, uh, one that actually makes sense. Oh, God. Uh, fudge. Um, I don't know why I'm saying fudge. I can say fuck on this podcast. <laughs> I was say, um, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poo. Uh, no, uh, I don't know. Oh, you know what I want to see? I want to see them make Galactic Kids Next Door, and I want to see it made for Adult Swim, so we can actually swear on it, make it kind of like, for all the kids who grew up on adult, on that, make it kind of like a little bit more badass and make it for Adult Swim. Bam! There you go. Uh, I mean, it's not really Toonami, but whatever. That's close enough. Hilarious. Number one, what the fuck is it? So I can see number one just sitting there and uh, sitting there in the corner, just like, you know, had, drinking like rum straight out of the bottle while he's staring <laughs> out in space. <laughs> I, I, Aren't you I, I only like thirteen? I don't think you should be drinking that. Well, you know what? I'm no longer a kid, so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, number one, what the fuck? <laughs> Perfect for all the kids out there. Yay, kiddies! Yay. Mommy. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, this has been a delight. So thank, thank you, you so for much, joining guys. us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on your podcast. <laughs>